0: what's going on military cash flow family what's going on you today mike
1: not much man just living my best life like a little duval i think that was okay (laughs) now man just taking a day by day uh nothing crazy um living in this bipolar north carolina weather we literally had a freeze warning two days ago Mm. and it's like we're supposed to be warm weather now um but yeah that's pretty much it man just just staying down staying focused what about you Nothing much, man. Did uh, some family photos yesterday. I'm a little, I don't know if you guys
0: can tell. I'm a little, I'm a little uh more crispy right now if you're watching this on YouTube, you know. So a little darker. We were out at the beach yesterday and uh dude, like went to sleep. You know, the beach really uh, going out to the beach, that puts you to sleep really fast. Like after you get away from the beach, you know, I, I think I went to sleep around like four o'clock yesterday and and then
1: i woke up at like midnight and was upset Yeah, <laughs> was like, what the hell? You know? That's, that sun drains the hell out of y'all. y'all really don't know what it is but that sun will drain your ass you'll be yeah. ready to take a nap
0: yeah but i think the uh, i think the pictures came out pretty well um That's other good. than that, just kind of uh hanging out with the family today and then um starting up the work week next week um but hey we we got a, a great guest today his name is uh mark horton He's uh, with the Five Pillars crew, man. We we got a lot of great guests coming up. You you guys just attract some 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 bangers, we, man. We, like
1: we build entrepreneurs,
0: baby. We yeah. build, yeah. You know what the thing I really like? Uh, I like that. Um, you know, you you said it yourself. You build entrepreneurs. It's not like you're just bringing in realtors, right? And only focusing on real estate, but you're also focusing on hey, that the personal side. Like, what do you actually want? To, the individual, right? And and I think that that's just awesome, dude. There's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of uh, companies, or you know, real estate, or not. You know, there's not a lot of companies out there that are really doing that. And I, and I I appreciate you guys for that. I, I can, you know, appreciate I'm that. trying to get myself out to Fort Bragg so I can figure out what the <laughs> hell <laughs> what the hell's going on. But that's but it's good stuff, man. Um, so Mark Horton, um, he's a great guy. Uh, he's, he's hard charger. Uh, SF guard, SF. Um, and he's just doing some major things uh with airbnb he's doing uh so he's so he's sF you know on top of it he's got he's married and on top of that he's also running his business that has multiple streams of income as well so if you don't get anything out of this episode you know i don't know what's going on with you man there's, there's some there's some great stuff he's dropping some knowledge mike
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he talks about a lot of different things. One of the things is how to communicate with your spouse or how to get your spouse on board, which I think is extremely important for, for individuals out there who, who may not feel like the communication on finances is level. Uh, another thing he talks about is how he, he basically repurposed certain parts of his business to vertically integrate many parts. What does that mean? That means one client is paying him four or five times, and then he recycles that client. If you guys can understand that concept and that concept alone, just think about the amount of business you can do with five or 10 clients. Now you don't have to worry about reaching out to 1,000 people or 5,000 people. You literally find 10 clients and you can make a dollars dollars $300,000. That concept is extremely powerful. And so he'll go into that as well. But just hearing his story, man, it is it's so impactful to understand his mindset. So, I'm not even gonna waste any more time. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Nguyen and Mike Glaspie. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we
0: teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate.
1: We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get started creating this military cash flow.
0: What's going on, military cash flow family? Today we have Mark Horton, a special guest for the day. And um, hey, Mark, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate that. Please let us know a little bit about who you are, where you are, and uh, what you're doing.
2: So first of all, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, I love coming out here and talking about how the military has helped me develop my cash flow. So. Basically, a little bit about myself is I'm a, um, a, uh, for my civilian job, I'm a real estate agent. I do real estate investment, and I also own a short-term property management company. Uh, My military career, I'm National Guard, but my job is in the National Guard is I'm a Special Forces Engineer Sergeant, and that's how I got started at Fort Bragg, uh, Fayetteville area, where I live now. Um, So a little bit about how I got all started in this. Uh, back when I was 18, 19, I eventually, you know, I went from college, like most people, but mine was a little bit different. I got a football scholarship to play Division Two, So, you know, I was somewhat of an athlete, I guess. You can see uh, the- From there, I moved. <laughs> you can see the- <laughs> Yeah. So uh, playing football and different stuff like that, I was just like every other American, you know, enjoying college. And I even went a step further with my enjoying college, even though I was on a scholarship. I was taking on student loans so I could have money to go out on the weekends. Not the best idea. And the reason I bring that up is how it's going to play into how I start developing other things later. Um, so I did a couple of years of college football from there. Um, I got hired. I bounced around, did policing for a little bit. Then I wound up in a uh, hostel in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. And, you know, at, during the hostel, I was like, oh, man, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. So at that time, I had a bunch of student loans because back when me, you know, taking out those loans. So that's when I looked at ways to get rid of those student loans so I can start becoming a little bit more independent, being able to float between jobs if I want to progress in my career at that time. Uh, So I hit up my, uh, finished up Mardi Gras, came back to Ohio, and I hit up my National Guard recruiter. And they had, back then, they were actually still paying the college reimbursement. So I got 50K college reimbursement to originally join the Ohio Army National Guard to be a 12 November horizontal construction engineer. Um, I drove D6 dozers, front end loaders, stuff like that. It's a great job. Um, After I got out of basic, you know, started getting back into policing on the civilian side. And I was doing some stuff with the, the National Guard. You know, they had different competitions like Best Warrior and stuff like that. Uh, I ended up winning a few of those competitions and 19th group special forces hit me up and was like, Hey, do you want to join us? And at that time I didn't think that was a thing. I thought someone was playing with me. I was like, who has this in the national guard? Like right. how are you having these types of people in the national guard? But a uh, long story short, I tried out with them. Eventually got, uh, got on there, went down to Fort Bragg, got selected. And then I just started my career down at Fort Bragg going through the Q course, which anyone knows that's like a, Two-year process, three years for some people.
0: Yeah.
2: This, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm not, a, uh, and I'm not a medic. Yeah. Um, so while I was down there. Uh, I really started looking at how am I going to take care of my family? You know, I met my wife while going through all this process and stuff like that. I started, what am I going to do after I'm done with this long period of time? No one go back in the policing. Do I want to do something that intrigues me? I, I, I like that stuff, stuff. What am I going to do? So I started looking at things that I had understandings about. And this is how I kind of got into real estate. It was like, well, I'm not good with, I'm not good with reading. I'm not, I'm not a writer. I'm dyslexic really bad. So I looked at what I knew. I had done construction in the past. I was a horizontal construction engineer. I was an 18 Charlie. Oh, let's do something where I fix houses. Okay. Well, I'm good with numbers. Oh, real estate. So during that process, while I was going through the, the Q course and stuff like that, people have been there. You no, know, you have a lot of downtime in between different schools. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get to language, you have it's a nine to five, it's a it's a nine to four job. That is it. You have weekends off and you have nights off. So what are you gonna do with that time? You know the way the course is now that's at the end of everything so you're going to be leading up to going to an ODA what am I going to do what for me it's coming off of active order so what do I want to decide to do so that's when we started looking into getting into real estate and at that point I contacted you know people at Five Pillars got and I was like hey I'm looking to do an investment I got a little bit of cash um, me and my wife just got married we we're being very smart with cash uh, we moved into my parent-in-law's house and I lived there for six months to save up money to get rid of any excess debt, to bring my 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 monthly to less than three thousand dollars. That's between me and my wife, right? I wanted to keep that monthly because now I know, even if I don't do real estate, I can float a lot easier job to job, and pick what career path I want to do. If I have less thing, I could take a better opportunity. This is before I even started reading. I just knew the less money I needed, the better I could take something. So then I started reading, right? I started getting all the books from Five Pillars, doing this mm-hmm. and that, and. I was like, all right, well, let's buy our first investment property. So we put a triplex on our contract, the house hack. And we're like, all right, cool, house hack. Um, we get into the due diligence period, and we find out there's an issue with the title. And now I'm sitting on that triplex a year and a half later, still haven't been closed on it. But that's whatever. Um, so we moved on, and I got a single-family house. And I, I put when it was all said and done, I had about $12,000 into it. And when I had 12k into it, I'm profiting after I take care of all my stuff. And this is why I'm still in language. I'm making $300 a month profit on the property because I, we, I, you know, we did the right numbers. It was a deal. A guy needed to get rid of the house quick. I was able to get a loan. Cool. And so I'm like, wow, this is this is where I want to be. I'm doing nothing, and that's not including the taxes and the equity I'm, I'm building on the house. I'm taking $300 a month, $298, and profiting um so after that i was like all right this is pretty cool so i started coming to the end of my q course uh well what i thought was going to be the end of the q course and this is a little bit what really pushed me into real estate Um, my dad got really sick so when my dad got really sick and he ended up like he went from sick to passing away very quickly and at that point i had to really think about if i get like smoke checked on my next deployment or something happens to me training accident vehicle how the number of things especially with what we're doing we're always doing like in a vehicle doing something outside. How am I going to provide for my wife and now my family? How am I going to provide for them if I'm gone? 400K? Let's be honest. Like, if, if she doesn't know what she's doing, she's going to blow through that. So I, I had one success. Um, so we're like, all right, well, we're going to start doing this real estate thing. Um, like, we're going to be very aggressive about it. So I partnered up with some people. Um, two of us partnered, uh, three of us all together partnered up. We started borrowing real estate. And at the same time, I was going through just starting to look at jobs in North Carolina for what I was going to do after the Q course, because I hate the snow now. I, I don't want to go to the cold weather. Ohio is a lot of snow. So I'm happy with staying in the Carolinas. And from that part on, we were like, oh, well, all right, real estate, what am I going to do? And that's when I, I was like, all right, I know the next year um, I can guard them. I, I, I can go from school to school. I'm a new guy. I can hit up all the schools to help me in my progression my career on the National Guard side, but it's also a pretty decent paycheck, demo pay, airborne pay, language pay, uh, separation, because most of our schools are 30 days plus, BH, BSA, and we've already cut down our expenses, and my wife has a full-time job. So like, all right, so we'll do this real estate thing. So that's when I got into becoming a real estate agent. I'd already done like two or three deals. I bought a courthouse with a a partner. I've done the VA loan. done a conventional loan. So I've done a number of things that already gave me a head start to other people who just started thinking about investing. Uh, Sorry. So from there, we moved on. Uh, That's when I joined uh, Five Pillars Realty. Uh, When I'm a real estate agent, I do investment real estate. And, you know, from there, we're going to, so I'm like, all right, cool. Short story, my family starts expanding and stuff like that. Well, when I came off of it, when I came off my active orders, and we, me and my wife, sat down and talked about like what are our goals? What is each individual' goals? Mine is to be retired by the time I'm forty. Cool, easy goal. My wife is she wants to be a stay-at-home mom. She wants to be able to work from home or do nothing else. So, all right, I, I'm starting to make a little bit of money selling a couple houses here and there. I just got a couple clients. I finally turned. And now they're the repeat offenders, the repeat borrowers, the repeat purchaser. How do I help my wife attain her? So while we were doing all this, we kept on hearing like there was a necessity, there was a need for short-term rental management people in Fayetteville. Uh, there was other people there, people needed it. There was, there, there was a gap to be taken, a void that could be taken. So I sat down, talked with my wife. I was like, hey, you know, I think we can make a career for you and us where we start a company. You can now work from home. We can be our own bosses. We can pick a vacation if we do the short-term rental thing, like, let's, let's talk about management. She's like, okay. You know, and and one of the things I tell everyone with like small businesses or like anything you want to do, if you can't convince your wife, the one who's supposed to support you the most, you're not going to convince someone who doesn't know you to take their money and start a business. So I had to convince her. So finally I convinced her. I was like, all right, let's go and do this business. And she's like, okay, well, Let's just talk about it. I, I think there's something there. You know, I already had success. I had made a couple of profitable purchases. I hadn't had a failure yet, right? I'm already getting passive income. So she backed me up. So, um, and complete, like, you know, I was like, all right. She's like, all right, well, well, just kind of talk to a couple of people, see how it is. So the next day, it was either a Sunday or a Wednesday, because I went into the, uh, the hang spot on Monday and talked to, like, Shelby and Mike. And I was like, all right, we're starting an Airbnb management company. There was no dipping my feet into it. I went aggressively. It's like, hey, we're starting this company. Uh, can you put me in contact with people that have Airbnbs? We're, we're looking to launch in like three months. We want we want this. We think there's a necessity. So I come back home. I talk to Shelby, Mike, and different a couple other people. got a list of names and phone numbers of people to call. I start calling them immediately, sending emails, sending texts. Uh, first person I talked to was your friend uh, Jimenez. Yep. And I talked to him. And I was like, okay, let's talk. So I come back home that night and tell my mom, I was like, hey, I told everyone we're starting Airbnb because she's like, I just told you to ask about them. Right? <laughs> we're stuck now. <laughs> we are stuck <laughs> now. We, we, I let the genie out of the box. Yeah. I to this. If you know me and if you know, especially my wife, she'll begrudgingly do anything if she says she's going to do something. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, I hate you for this right now, but we're going to do it. So in the next, like, three months, we started learning. We called everyone. We, had, we were very aggressive about it. It was like once we committed to it, it was like ex- just violent, you know speed, violence of action. We called everyone. We started reaching out, and finally reached out, reached out. Finally got to someone who, out of Wilmington Beach, has a hundred properties mm-hmm. he manages. Like okay, you know we learned a bunch of little things as we got down. We wrote down as we're sitting there talking to everyone. We're writing notes. We're re- researching stuff. Finally we get to this guy, and one of the things I did with every person I asked, I didn't just go into like hey teach me everything. I had very specific questions for them. So I'm not uh, like, hey, I need to learn this. I need to learn this. I mean, first guy, hey, just these couple things. Where did you start? All right. Next time we talked to, okay, he started here. Let's expand on this, see if he has something. We're hearing conflicting things here. Boom, 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 boom. And we took a, we we took a list of everything we learned, crossed things out, moved it, developed our own business plan from it. And when we finally hit like a big fish, like someone who has manages over a hundred properties, like, all right, how are you doing it? And then he just was able to boom, 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 boom hit a bunch of the stuff. And a lot of the things that we learned from him is stuff that we started implementing it. And, and it, and we just kept being aggressive about it. So then what we found out was with a lot of the backside property stuff, when you're using your different type of like guesties or your porters or price labs, you need two or three properties before you can actually use those things. Like your porter, you need like, you need two houses before you, they'll let you use your porter, right? That's, that's and what your porter is for people who don't know is how you, how you list your properties on multiple sites. And if, like, if I book on Airbnb, it takes off for VRBO. You know, if I have my own website, it takes down for that. So it's a site that does all that. It's time. It's, it's, it's manage your time because your time is your value. And we, so we started learning a lot of the things that people might have made mistakes because we were very aggressive on how we talked to people, how we, did, how we reached out to people, how we went after what our goals were. And when we did talk to people, we just didn't go in there without a plan, right? We were like, all right, this is what I need to get. It's like a Kelly right? I'm going to get into what I need to talk about. And these are my points. Yeah, I'm going to give them a little fluff up. We're going to have conversations, but I'm not here to waste his time or my time. We have a goal. We're going to get there. Even if I progress the ball like five yards, I've moved that forward. I've gone forward with it. And that's what every meeting was. All right, did we move forward? Is this a dry hole? Or are we not going to do this again, right? just like you would do with like any type of military engagement where you're talking to people. Is this guy a waste of my time? Boom. We're going to put him over here. Is this it? Or does this guy have more information? We need to keep talking with him. So we use a lot of the same principles that I learned for different things to be like, all right, he goes on this list. This guy goes on this list. Let's develop him. Let's do some research on him. Let's see what he may have to offer and how we can maybe help him down the road. Cause I just don't want to be, Hey, Hey, I want something. I want something. And now that I've started to, Get a little, have a little bit of stuff. All those people I reached out at the beginning, I sent three emails to, like, hey man, I'm doing this, this, and this. If you have any questions, hit me up. I'd love to help you out with anything. Cause you know, there's a lot of guys we talked to the beginning had three, four, and we're talking now. I'm I'm on the verge of going to 20 in less than six months, right? I'm about to hit 15, and I already got a few that are already there. So how can we help those other people? And so we kept developing. We launched. And what we did differently, I think, than a lot of people do is the first two properties we launched, I bought. Like, I didn't have to convince anyone. It was like, hey, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to buy my first two Airbnbs, manage them in a different LLC. And anything I do, it's going to be tested on my properties first. Because I don't want to put someone else's money where I don't think anything I do, I've done first. So, and then I'm showing people like, hey, man, I'm willing to do anything I'm doing to your property. I've done to mine first to make sure that it's going to be profitable so then the word started getting out, you know, we started like everything's been word mouth. Hey, this guy's starting up a new company.
0: Talk to him, starting up a new company. Talk to him. All right. Let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group, where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow Real Estate Investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing, producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.MilitaryCashflow.com to get access to all these great tools and lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. You know,
2: as we talk to people, a lot of people call be like, hey, we're interviewing two or three different property managements. And this is where, you know, all right, we're starting to exist successful. We have everything on paper. We're able to send everything out we're doing. How do we start separating it? ourselves from other companies, right? How do we start moving on? You know, now we have five properties, now we have seven, now we have 10. Now what we're seeing is people who were upset with previous owners are starting to come over to us. They're like, within the first conversation, 45 minutes sitting and talking with me, the way I, I, hey, I understand your issues. I know exactly what you're going through. I I, I know what you're talking about. And just having that ability to talk to people is the reason we have started to grow. The way I, I interact, the way I understand and listen to what their issues are. And then I don't have to sell them on my whole contract. Well, you have these issues. My contract that I have in writing that you're gonna sign takes care of these issues alone. And it automatically is like, oh wow, you're already doing what my problem is. I don't have to change anything. I'm just knowing, listening to what they're saying and not selling myself to what they need to hear. And it's been bringing more and more people in. That. So, so far we've grown.
0: No, no, that's, that's excellent, dude. You're unpacking so much before we start going into the philosophy of what <laughs> so, of what we're doing. I want to kind of back up just a little bit and, uh, and kind of some kind of unpackage some of these things. Is man, you're you're putting out a ton of value. I love the the story and trajectory that. One thing that I see in um, that I want to highlight, right, that that I think you're doing really great. Or well, two things actually was one everything that you've done so far. Um, it sounds like you've done very deliberately with a plan. You said you joined the military. Well, it was the reason why is to pay off those student loans, right? Um, you somehow found SF. All right, what can you do in, in the background? You and your wife sat down and made goals together. All right, how can I actually accomplish those goals? And how can we kind of do this together? And that's kind of where the Airbnb uh, thing came from, even from down to your networking and you saying um, saying that, um, you know. You you uh, talk to individuals and you already had a plan going into them. You kind of compared it to KLE, man. Like that's that's yeah. phenomenal stuff, right? I, I really like that. And for those who don't know, key leader engagements, you know, when you're talking to uh, um, uh, when you're talking to individuals on a list that you, you, you kind of need to get some information from, kind of high value targets, possibly. Yeah. But um, but that's but that's I I love that everything you did was very uh, deliberate. At the same time, you did it very. Uh, aggressively at the same time, which is, you know, you you kind of, Hey, I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, if I mess up a little bit, I'm not worried about that. I just need to take action and everything's going to come off of that action that, that I, that I've taken. So um, I just want to highlight those two points because I think a lot of people can use those. And the last thing is um, the, your ability to compare everything or to um, find the commonality in everything Mm. you've already done to what, you're, to what you're doing now. I mean, you, you, you've already incorporated some of the, the stuff that you learned in football in there. It seems like, I mean, just that aggressiveness as well. And then obviously from what you learned in the, in the military, just listen to, to some of the things he's saying right now and some of the comparisons that he's making, move the ball five yards yeah. when I talk to somebody, you know, key, key leader engagements. I mean, everything that you guys are doing in, in your journey to build real estate success, every single thing that you're doing and anyone else out there that's listening, any of your experiences in the past, you can bring those forward to what you're doing right now. There, there's always some commonality that you can bring, um, bring into, to the fight that you're doing right yeah. now. So, yeah.
1: And, and I, and I, I got a question for you, man. Just like Dan was saying there, you, what you just shown is you have a track record of finding opportunities and taking advantage of it. And everything that you do is just about moving a little bit more forward towards your overall objective, make progress. Let me ask you, man, what, what in your life do you feel was the most uh, impactful when it comes to changing your mindset to that, to always making progress? Was it something from your childhood? Was it sports? Like, what is it that triggered you? Because it seems like you've been doing that forever from from just telling your story. What was that? I think it was watching my dad,
2: right? My dad worked for Speedway, but on the side, he was always fixing up Mustangs. Mm -hmm. He was always, you know, going to gun shows, finding guns that were people who didn't know undervalued and selling them. He always called it a side hustle, man. I'm just trying to turn that nut, trying to make a little bit of more money so I can get to where I need to be. Dude. so it was continually watching him. Like he didn't have like some of the knowledge that's out there now, right? You have podcasts, you have the internet. But his mindset was always, all right, I have a nine to five, cool, I can do that. What else can I do to help move my family into the right direction, to move me to being able to retire? So I think it started off at a very young age, See, my dad always work on cars, sell them, buy properties. You know, he did flipping, he did a couple of houses when I was very young that he bought that were in the neighborhood. We grew up in Cleveland, so it was a little bit different. And he always found a house and then sold them, right? And he's like, oh, I made, when it was all said and done, I made seven, eight grand. So I think it was from an early age, seeing that, that someone was dedicated to not just a nine to five to get their other goals and to continue moving the ball forward.
1: I love that. Sorry. No, I love that because, because you also mentioned that you said during um, the Q course, you said during some of the training, you have some downtime. Now, I obviously, a, a lot of people don't really understand what that, that process looks like, you know, and I went through the Q course myself. There's not that much downtime, period. But I love your mentality because you said, you know, hey, that's a nine to five. We get weekends off. What's funny is the average person in the world says they have no extra time to do any side hustles because they work a nine to five. And, and your comment of saying, hey, I have worked a nine to five. I got nights and weekends off. I have so much free time. What am I going to do? That, you know, is, is a, another like a, a, a kudos, I don't know, a, a saying to your father who showed you, like, hey, that yeah. side hustle is a normal way of life. So I love yeah. that. I just wanted to highlight that.
0: Would I be yeah. correct in saying would I be correct in saying that it seems like you got even more aggressive as soon as you had your first child cuz I mean or maybe it wasn't your first child it was um you started talking about um, Hey, hey! Now I got to figure out what I'm, what I'm leaving behind. Basically, you started talking about building your legacy. I think that was, uh, you know, yeah. when, when, when my dad got I sick.
2: When was, my dad man. got sick, yeah,
0: I was like, hey, how am I going to build
2: not only for my family, but my like taking care of not just myself? How am I going to build for generation? So, my, for me, it's easy to go back living in, in Cleveland or living in my in-laws' one bedroom and having to come back and live off of them for six months, right? I, I know what it's like to be low. So I I'm, I'm cool with going back there. I'll do it again and I'll start stuff back up. But yeah, that was the big kicker like hey, let's go 100% is when my dad got sick.
1: Dude, I love it, man. Yeah, that that's a really good point because as men, a lot of times we are very comfortable being uncomfortable. But you know, as soon as you have more responsibilities, right? Wife, family, whatever, it makes you kind of think and 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 I'm I don't have, a, you know, a wife or kids, but I understand it, I can see it because I know if my if my siblings needed me, I would do the same thing. And I understand that I would not let my family go to the wayside. Um, Now on that same token, this is your, you were raised this way. And a lot of times when couples get together, it's very rare that they both see the same light. So explain a little bit about what your wife's view of business and finance was, and how did that growth kind of happen over time? There was a lot of growth. Um, (laughs) There was a lot of growth on her, on her
2: behalf. Um, You know, she came from um, her, her family is, you know, her family are Mexican immigrants, right? So she's just used to that. Hey, we don't understand anything but working, working and saving money. She understood that she didn't, uh, she understood not taking on debt, paying everything in cash, what she didn't understand is saving for that second and third order of effect, right? I, I put money in, I get compounding interest. I get those additional advantages of tax and stuff and, and something against her. It's just her family never knew it. So like me, and a lot of the courses I've been to, they throw everything at you like a fire hose, right? You're going to get nine hours of information, you're going to get two days of information in nine hours. What I had to learn was I can't do that with my wife. I yeah. and it was just because, like, all, I think all three of us different schools, we've all been to we've been trained like that, hey, man, you're gonna get everything, figure it out, or at least make it work 80% of the time. That was too much. So it took me probably a couple a little bit to finally understand bite-sized chunks, right? So if we do talk about anything with my wife, I do three things at a time, right? If, if, if I'm giving her, all right, we're gonna do these three tasks, we're not, I maybe in the background, have a piece of paper where I know, I, I know the next 20 things I wanna do, but it's these next three things. So I don't overwhelm her with everything. I don't push her, give her too much information, too much to do. And it's once again, it goes back to understanding who you're dealing with, who you're networking with, and understanding as, as you go on, keeping these notes on people understanding their strengths and weaknesses so and the best use them so I can get their 20% and get all, as much information from them as possible.
1: I actually I actually like that and Dan I'd love to hear your your take on it too, and I know you've mentioned it before, but for me personally. Um, again, uh, being being a single man it's hard for me to maintain relationships because I hold my significant others to a higher accountability, so I really like how you said you have to realize that we receive information differently with an expectation of that's different and I love how you said just break three things down and kind of explain it but Dan what's your and I know you mentioned it before but if you could just kind of recap like how do you and your wife work through things uh, uh, try to come to agreement.
0: It's very similar to what Mark's done, and I and I love what you did. I like I like how you're talking about breaking things down three bite-sized pieces. Hey, keep yeah. it kind of simple, and then kind of move on to the to the next thing. Don't overwhelm anybody. And I I assume you got. Well, I know that you guys have already had these conversations because you're already talking about you sat down, and you made your your goals for each other, and then kind of as a family, and you're building towards that legacy path. So um, we're we're kind of the same way, man. Uh, my wife and I, we sit down, we do we do. It's a little small things, man. Like we're not we talk about money often right and we talk about wealth and legacy very often right um some of the things that we have that are kind of like a lockstep that we always do even little simple things that may not seem like uh may not seem like a big deal but uh they in, in the long term they actually are like doing our doing our bills together i mean before the first and before the 15th we do our we, we sit down and we literally do our bills together planning out those things what it does is it helps us understand each other and what's important to us, even on the micro level, right? Because all obviously that kind of translates over to the macro level, and then just like uh, Mark said, man, we have our we have our individual goals and we've nested them together to make sure that they they are are working, are there one with each other, and we're on, we're on the same glide path to knowing where we want to go to, right? And making sure that uh, kind of like Mark said breaking down those individual pieces. Well, we break them down throughout the year. So we have two to three, we have several big goals that we want to hit each year, right? But it's all on the path to to you know that bigger end goal right so as long as we can break them down and, and meet one by quarter and we kind of backwards plan that by month you can backwards plan that by week kind of back on and, and mark's shaking his head all you guys are shaking the head in, in agreement because it's the same thing that we do all the time right yeah. um but doing that with a family and i don't think a lot of people i, I know that a lot of people don't do that because i talked to some other couples and they're not really uh really doing that but i think that is what um, lead you on the path to success as a couple and as a family. Um, that's, I think that's the the most important piece. It's not just, Hey, I, you know, I, I love you, but you guys also need to be communicating, uh, effectively and, um, and breaking down those goals and making sure you guys are on the same glide pack. That's the, that's the number one thing, right. Uh, uh, Relationship breaking up, breakups, and divorce, and things like that. It's, it's money, it's finances, right? So, um, everything that we're talking about here is uh, is extremely important.
1: And, and on the, so, it's mindset, a lot of it's mindset. And uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, Mark, is you've mentioned it several times and it's kind of subtle, but um, anytime that you found an opportunity, you tackled it head on, you went very aggressive, but you found somebody who was already doing it, you copied whatever their model was and then you made it your own all right and so you you never in your mind from what i heard felt like you couldn't do anything right that's that's a mindset thing do you feel that your your potential is essentially limitless like you could really do whatever you put your mind to do you honestly feel that way um i I know the
2: answer would be like um yes but no no No, i don't
1: feel it i I, i don't
2: feel like there's there's stuff um you know, just getting a little back into my own history, I have a very severe dyslexia. Like, I'm really bad with dyslexia and words. Um, I suck. So knowing where I have skill sets at, knowing that I'll never be a computer programmer, I'm never going to be the Mark Twain of the, tw- the 2021, right? But I know what I'm good at. I'm good with numbers and, and being honest with yourself looking at what your skill sets are at is why I think I've been I've been able to be successful on what I've done is because I put myself in the best situation to win knowing where I stand and what my abilities are and that's also like why I think our business is also winning my wife is the opposite of me I can sit down talk to people have a beer and have conversation with them bring them in talk about different things I suck at being detail-oriented like I like when we go into houses and we're labeling stuff, we're putting the books together for Airbnb guests, we're doing all these little things. She's a lot better at that. So basically what happens is when I do go and help her um set up these houses, you know, she's out there labeling and I get bored and she hands me something. Hey, go go install the smart lock on the door. I'm like, sweet, I get to go build something. <laughs> Boom. Then for like 20 minutes, I'm all right, I get this smart lock done. Now I'm back labeling I'm like oh, this sucks. Yeah. Hey. I need you to go build something. It's like she gives me a treat every twenty minutes to give me to go yeah. build something because she knows that's what I'm good at. And then I come back and labeling, and I think it's her way of knowing that like I get bored by doing tedious tasks. So she has like little other small tasks to give me. Oh, go build something. I'm like, all right, cool. This is awesome. All right, I can do this.
1: Uh, I love, I love that. And I and I I was hoping you would say something along those lines because so many times people hear these great stories, right? And your story is very phenomenal. You had a lot of uh, of down times, but no matter what, you've always progressed in life. And I mean, your business uh, simultaneous with your military career, both were large accomplishments, but you're doing both simultaneously. People may listen to that and they're thinking, oh, well, it's just easy for him. Oh, well, it's just natural for him. And that's exactly what you just said. It was not the case. Like you, you it's actually very difficult for you to do a lot of things, but you just found your strengths you refuse to give up on them, and you found a way when the opportunity was presented. And so that's the message I want. I'm hoping all the listeners are, are are taking from that. That's amazing.
0: So let's get into your business, man. So we talked about. I mean, right now you have a an Airbnb management company, right? How are you? Um, I guess what what are your your different roles? Because I mean, obviously you're you're gone pretty often. I you know are you're gone pretty often. Your wife <laughs> she's managing managing most of, most of the things. So what are your roles together, one? And then uh, two, what does it look like as you guys combine them? Like, what does, what does it look like when you're gone? And what does it look like when you're there? Because I think there's a lot of other service members that might be in the same situation where, you know, they're active duty, but they want to start a, a business together with their wife, who may be a stay at home, right? Um, and they want to try to figure out how to balance that. So how, what would your message or what would your, what would something um, be that you say to them, you know, to help them along? Uh, I think
2: the first off is understanding the two goals, right? Um, We already kind of hit on that. I wouldn't be as successful if I knew my, if my wife's goal was to be a doctor, then this business wouldn't be successful. I needed a wife and I, we built this business because she wanted to stay at home. She wanted to be with the kids. She didn't want to send them to daycare. So now knowing that how can now, all right, what's her strengths? Detail oriented. She was a secretary. She did billing for a chiropractor office, So knowing what she's already done, what she has a history doing, let's just convert it a little bit. And that's how we built kind of her business, we used her history to establish what her roles were. All right, cool. Um, So she handles all the bill paying, she handles all the the scheduling, all the kind of day to day stuff, because now she gets to stay at home and do it day to day. She's already kind of done it at a, at a, like a chiropractor's office in, in Fayetteville. So using her skills and then mine were more like, hey, I know because of being a real estate agent, be doing some of the additional schools that I've done in the military, I, uh, interacting with people, um, learn how to talk with them, uh, sitting and having a meal or, you know, having a conversation with them, I've had additional training with, or it's just something that comes natural for me, being able to sit back and talk to people and being relaxed, no matter who that person is, and reading them and adjusting the conversation, adjusting my, you know, what, what, what I wanna bring to them, depending on how the conversation goes. So we took each each other's goals and we're like a a left, right, man. We're not the same. So I, I, you know, I'm the jab and jab, she comes in and she, she finishes up with the left hook, right? Because she, I, I get them in, you know, I I talk to people, I bring them in, Hey, this is what we got. Then boom, she hits them with the paperwork. This is what we're doing. This is how efficient we are because she is very efficient. They're like, wow, this is very efficient. When we get a property under contract, it's one week from start to finish that we can put the property up on Airbnb. People like that. of the other things is we're also we're cool man we understand real estate we know how to negotiate and to make a deal happen we're willing to hey we'll do this this and this to get your house under contract hey we got a fourplex a guy that had four units it was already an active airbnb if we were to do our whole startup cost it was it was like six six thousand dollars this guy would have that's already an active airbnb my wife was like all right well he already has she went through his house she did a very detailed list boom, 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 we had to cut it down. We cut it down to 2,600. And now we got this brand new fourplex that is one of the top performing fourplexes in Fayetteville. That was with another company because of my wife's detail oriented, being able to break down the money and then me initially talking to the guy and bringing him in. And and so that's how we work. We uh, work off each other's weaknesses and strengths. You know, we kind of have our own pool. She does this, I do this. And then we had those very set guidelines. I'm going to continue growing this. You're going to do this we're going to mesh in the middle at like 6:45 every day we have about 15 minute conversation and just get a quick recap and by seven o'clock it's our time
1: nice i love that man
0: so can you get so give can you give me a, like a quick once uh i guess high level what it looks like for you you go out and you secure the contract right and then you and then you um once you have the contract secure you're starting to fill you know put the ads on on airbnb and then from there you're you, you have your cleaning team or you have your team after that i mean what does that what does that look like so
2: depending on the property if it's a and b right you're burning into an airbnb if it's a turkey whatever it is we have interior decorators that come, that we recommend that we've worked with all three of them. We have three that we recommend. So if one's not ready, boom, 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 we have, we're, we're going to fill, we're going to find someone to get your house ready. So we have such a good rapport usually from me, uh, I think three or four of them that I purchased from my client. So it's me giving it off to the contractor, the contractor giving off the stagers, and then it's coming right back to my
0: wife. So See? that's the initial process depending so you find, you find a, kind of like a wholesale deal. You go in and you basically flip it, you renovate it for, for a client, and then they buy it from you, finish product. And then on top of that, you manage it. Is that what I'm understanding? No, no. So I'm the real estate agent finding the house for them. So I get
2: my commission, you know, I sell the house. So I already know the numbers. I like, I, I'm putting myself on the line, right? I'm not just someone who has to sell the house and pass it off to a property manager. I'm part of the whole deal all the way through, because then I also set up, like a lot of my clients are out of state. So we find a dealer the MLS courthouse or a wholesaler that works as an Airbnb. I hand it off to one of the contractors that I have walking the property. He's handing it off to one of my recommended interior decorators and it's finishing, the keys are coming back into my hands. So it's a lot of stress where some people just have to sell the house and it goes to the property manager. I have mm-hmm. to continuously be performing with this person so they become a repeat offender. So they come back and buy two, three houses from me in one year. So, and what I think is why it's helping us grow is because I have one of my first clients who bought two from me is already buying a third one from me. Cause he's seen his cash, his return on investment. Oh, he can find me good houses. Now I'm making money from him. I, I just have to call one person. I don't have to boom, boom, boom. I I'm, I'm all you have to call. So that's the process now breaking it down for the company itself. Once we get the once we get the keys from the interior decorator, it's, it's about five or six days, we come in, we uh, do a walkabout, make sure we do we call our Karen inspection, we make sure we go and check all the outlets, all the water, make sure there's no leaks, HVAC, all that type of stuff, we, we go through everything to try to make sure there's no issues that a Karen can find and, and screw yeah. us on the property. From there, we already have the cleaners coming in and the landscapers coming down like a Tuesday, Wednesday, photographs are on Thursday, Saturday, that property is up and being listed. And that's how we do it. And then on the back end, it's all of us working through the night, boom, boom, boom. Uh, After the photographs are taken, that Friday, Saturday, we go and label it. We make a nice book, nearest restaurant, nearest bar. Hey, this is how you use the Roku TV remote. Sometimes older people or kids in the military get uh, houses for their grandparents. So you don't have to Google it. We have the instructions on how to use the book, how to use it in the book. So, oh, go to page three, it'll be right there.
0: And that's what labeling is? Because I, I, I've heard you say labeling a yeah. few times and I didn't, you know, wasn't 100% sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, so that's, that's the book
2: that we make. But labeling's like, hey, spoons, forks, knives are in this drawer. Ah. This switch turns this light off. Hey, um, all your pots and pans are in this. So you don't have to go searching. You just kind of look and we have labels on like through the kitchen oh. just to make it as efficient as possible for people. So it's not like I have to go search. Oh, pots, pans, um, oh, bakeware is right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, knives are right here. So they know where things are at. What it also does on the back end, it helps our cleaners put stuff back in the right place. And the number one Sparks. biggest issue if we talk to any type of person is the cleaners. And now they have, they don't have to, oh, if, if I got a new cleaner coming there, they don't have to figure it out where it's at. Oh, cups. Oh, wine glasses, beer mugs. Mm-hmm. We've made it as efficient as possible for them as well. So that when they need to find something, it's, it's a rapid fire. I can get two or
1: three cleans in, in my gap of four hours. Dang, that's fuck. lit. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things with labeling that we've seen is everybody had that issue where you're flicking light switches and you don't know what the fuck is here like, dude, what the hell? Where's the light for this? So that also helps. But I, I love that, man. And I, I want to highlight the fact that um, <clears throat> you, you're, you're a real estate agent, right? And you found this opportunity on the back end to vertically integrate right essentially you've incorporated one more aspect of the business to create a customer instead of paying you once they now pay you twice or three times or four times then on top of that you found a way to recycle that same customer so your business model is literally what what people strive for in life it's what people go and receive an mba to learn how to do right but what what was your like aha moment for you to say, you know what, let me vertically integrate this. Let me find a way to have one client pay me multiple times. What was, what was that event for you? There's two different things.
2: Um, and yeah, one of has to do with talking with you, um, having more than one or two um, income streams. Have, I want, I want 10, I want 10 different ways that I'm either gaining equity or I'm gaining dividend returns or I'm getting some type of money. To bring in so i can reinvest it to get to my goal so there's an opportunity i'm and then it's like all right am i gonna am i gonna take all this burden and i'm not saying i'm a one-man show because like we talked about i network out but who else better to be the guy who can find you the deals and manage them i can corner an area of the market because of different podcasts that have gone on that is very hot right now and it's something that i understand i understand the short-term rental market so why not take a complete advantage of this while i have a chance be the guy that people come to. So now, when I get calls for, hey, can you manage my property? Hey, man, I can also find you another property. This one doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. How about you be my client? And then now I'm, I'm increasing my clients. I'm increasing my sales per year because all my real estate goes to buying other houses, and I'm also getting the return. You know, it's like a commercial lease, but it's not. I'm still getting money from them on the back end as well.
1: I love it, man. I love it. And and that that concept is so understated you know having multiple streams of income finding a way to kind of repurpose that same client that is going to increase the longevity of your business model time and time again so it's beautifully done yeah man that, that's
0: that's awesome i love everything you've done there as far as um um as the vertical integration but it also seems like it lends itself to to easily scaling, right? It seems like it's it's pretty simple. I mean, you're already kind of scaling within the process because you're, you're getting those, you know, repeat customers already. But um, it seems like you can take that business model and really move that to different locations. If you PCS or if you, you know, once you actually get out and you move to a different location, it seems like it's already set up there for you too. Is that, did you do, did you already have that in mind when you created this? Or um, if so, what is your, what are your plans kind of moving forward with that?
2: Um, absolutely. I don't. I think once we nail down this market and get it locked up to where we're controlling 20, 25 percent of the Airbnbs in it, which we're at 10 percent, we're about to be at 10 percent in less than seven months. So once we start controlling that 20, 25 percent and I get back, you know, next year, we're already going to start looking at, like we're already having people from Southern Pines and, and um, Piners, which is a golf course area about 30 minutes, 40 minutes away from Fayetteville for a like, hey, we heard you doing stuff over there. Would you like to manage our house? So we got our first pro- property coming in Pinehurst. Um, so we're expanding without not even thinking about it. But our goal was always to be in Raleigh, in Charlotte in the next few, in the next year. And from there, um, me and my wife would love to get into the Charleston game. We've already started reaching out. That's where we want to end up. We love Charleston, South Carolina. So we'd like to be in South and North Carolina. Um, and then if we keep growing, we'll, we'll, we'll grow um, to a point or to a point to where I start handing it off to someone else. Cause making this company successful is not my ultimate goal. That is a goal of mine, but my ultimate goal and keeping that, being aware of it is at the age of 40, I would like to disappear on the beach and be retired and only work when I need to. So do I need to eventually, at what point do I need to start developing, going through those seven steps and where I'm going to eventually hand it off to someone is the ultimate goal. So at 40, Maybe I'm not making as much, but I still have a business that's growing. Someone else doing it, but I'm still making money and my name's
1: getting out there. That's, that's exactly the, I want everybody to rewind that part and listen to it again because you have an end goal, a very, very clear objective, you're able to build, design and develop this business model to fit everything you need in between and you have an next strategy, regardless if that means that you find somebody to actually manage it or you sell the company, whatever, right, that, that will come, but you have a very clear goal and you know what you're working towards. And one thing I wanted to, to, to recap on, you mentioned it and we didn't highlight it, but you said as a realtor, knowing that you have to be involved in the transaction at the end as the property manager, it's actually more stressful for you, right? It's not less stressful. Some people will hear multiple streams of income from one client. They're like, oh, this makes it easy. No, like again, it's more stress because you have to perform throughout and again and again if you are recycling it so uh, you know you're making these sacrifices now that are very clear sacrifices because like you mentioned you 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 still have a duty and obligation within the military as well obviously you have a duty and obligation with the family these are sacrifices that you're making because you have a very clear end goal and if everybody would just understand that concept it makes it makes the struggle worth it doesn't make it easier but it makes it worth it. So I I just wanted to highlight that. Um, All right, man. So we're
0: we're, going to start wrapping up here. Um, But before, I I just got a silly question, man. It's not really a silly question. You said Cleveland, right? You're from Cleveland, Ohio, right? What do you feel about Pete Cuddy, man? I mean, what are we talking about? Him wearing the
2: dress or... (laughs)
0: This, this is rap in general. I was just talking about King Cuddy in general, man. King Cuddy in general. That's all. I, as, soon as, you, all right. as soon as you said Cleveland, I was like, ah, oh, King Cuddy. All right. More of, a Machine Gun Ke- More of a Machine Gun Kelly fan, but you know. All right. Okay. okay yeah. that's, that's one of my favorite artists. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just joking around here. Um, but, yeah. you know. um, So, yeah. So if you have one piece of advice to give to any service member out there that's trying to do what you're doing, what would that piece of advice be?
2: Uh, if I can give one on personal and one on business real quick, um, personal, uh, personal, man, you can't do anything until you understand your own finances. If you're not taking care of the house first, you're not going to, you're not going to be successful when you, when you, when you walk out the door. And then with that, once you get successful at the house and you know, you got your finances in line and you understand what you need to be, um, when you walk out the door, be aggressive with it, do your research, do what you need to do to understand the game just don't jump in blindly but once you make that commitment don't just dip the toes in. it's it's a it's a lot colder it's a lot cooler when you just jump right all the way in and be aggressive with it, violence of action man
1: Jesus. And violence hey, of action. That,
0: that is my favorite piece of advice um yeah. give, and we, we don't really hear that that often because we talk about real estate all the time we're like oh real estate real estate but hey You know, you got to have that foundation first, you got to make sure your finances are in order and you understand, you know, where you're at on your personal finance uh, journey first before going to build and, and buy these, these assets I see some people out there kind of kind of just rushing to real estate or rushing to stocks or rushing to when you got $50,000 of revolving debt, you know, and you're like, you're barely scraping by, you know, so kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. So I love the fact that you just, you just mentioned that, Hey, exactly. make sure you got your personal finances in order before we start, you know, jumping out into, you know, into anything. Uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The, the way I heard it uh, explained to me once before, and now I use this example all the time. It's like a, a medical for the military folks, they understand this, but when you triage a patient, right? When you're going there and you start to assess the patient, you have to stop the hemorrhaging first, stop the bleeding before you can actually render aid, right? So you put on the tourniquet before you give the IV. And I think of the, the hemorrhaging or the bleeding as the debt, as the not having the financial stability. And I think of the IV or the whatever aid that you're doing as the now residual income, the new business model, the new whatever. And, uh, but, but yeah, I, I love that piece of advice. Now, now you've been dropping nuggets this whole episode, man. Obviously, people want to know about your rental company. They want to, you know, have you manage it for them, or they want to kind of follow in your footsteps. What's the best way for people to reach out to you or find you? Um, so you can either reach out to me
2: um, via Instagram at you know Mark Horton um, two, so it's two eyes the second.
1: Right or uh,
2: Horton state Rentals. That's our Instagram page. We're starting to get more um, social media savvy, so we had to learn about that as well. Uh, those are two ways you can also contact me at Mark Horton at Five Pillars Realty. That's my real estate firm that I work for. Uh, from there, I can network you in with me and my wife. Those are probably our three best uh, three best ways to hit me up at, at this time. And and uh, on those pages, you'll see my phone number and email, so you can get in touch with me. Perfect. Excellent.
0: Yo, man hey it's been a pleasure having you on um you, you put out a bunch of information I, I love the uh what you explained there we kind of went into a lot into the mindset and you know that be being aggressive and being deliberate um so i really really love that and i hope i know that the you know the audience you guys out there listening have gotten uh definitely gotten some value out of this video if so do us a favor leave a comment below let us know what you found the most valuable out of this conversation that you can apply to your situation, right? And then um, we'll we'll definitely be responding back to that. If you're listening to this on um, podcast, make sure you leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe, you know, the notification bell, all that stuff. And then um, other than that, man, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Really, really appreciate your time. And um, with that, this is Dan Nguyen. And Mike Glassman. Signing off.